We've looked forward, <coughs> excuse me, we've looked forward to this day for quite a while. And um, uh, this has been a lengthy process of, of prayer and discovery and all kinds of things that uh, go into one of these things. And we feel like uh, God has brought Pastor Lance, Miranda, and their boys here to our church to do a good job, I know they will, to do a job of ministry, uh, especially to our teenagers and others too. We're so glad that you're here. Pastor Lance is going to speak this morning and I welcome him. Would you welcome him to the pulpit? I'm on now. Oh, there it is. Thanks, Russ. So, Terry, I just want one thank you for that standing ovation. Um, you guys have high expectations. I guess we'll see if I live up to them. Um, but thank you. Uh, today, I just want to jump right into um, God's faithfulness. And uh, it's something that throughout my life I, I've, I've had to learn how to cling to God and, and its faithfulness for my family. So, before I go any further, I just want to pray and just uh, lift this time to God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity, God. I thank you for these people, Lord, for coming out, Lord, and just uh, to hear your word. God, I pray that today, Lord, that they see you and that they don't see me, Lord, that I hide behind your cross and let you speak and you move, Father. Lord, the words that you have given me, Lord, let them be your words, not my own. Lord, just bless us today, Lord, as we go about our business, Lord, as we come here to, to seek you and to know you, God. Continue to work in our lives and show us your, your provisions and your love for us today. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. Amen. So before I go any farther, some of you guys know my mom is here. And uh, thank you, Mom, for coming to Garden Rapids. She's crying already. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, Mom, without you, I wouldn't be the guy I am today. You know, there's been a lot of things that we went through in our childhood that you guys were here about a little bit. And uh, her faithfulness to God, man, it shone through greatly. And uh, so thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. It means the world to me. So thank you, Mom. So growing up wasn't easy for us always. We didn't have a lot of money, but we always had enough. Money was tight. You know, we, we definitely, we made, it, we made it by. And my mom, you know, my mom and dad, they, they did what they had to do. And uh, for my mom, she... She worked in the elementary school that we attended, and uh, she's still there today, faithful, working there, serving those kids. My dad was, was a guy that, he had many jobs, he was never satisfied in the jobs. And uh, for him, it was, it was a job. It was just a job, another job. And uh, I tell you this because by the time I, I was in eighth grade, and finished eighth grade, I'd been homeless twice, and my parents are a God divorce. Now that hurts. That hurts. 
But man, those were the times that, that my faith, my mom's faith, and our, our family's faith got tested. You know, th- those were the things that God did in our lives to strengthen our family up. Because you see, what it did is it, is it took, I'm, I'm number three or four kids, and it took us four kids, man. It took us and it, it made us into this tight bond that we are today. I was talking to my brothers earlier today, and uh, I was texting them, and, and I said, hey, just pray for me, guys. Just please pray for me as I'm getting up there to preach. Just need prayer. And uh, so that tight bond, man, my mom helped form that because she kept us in the church. She kept us all going to the church every Sunday, every Wednesday. So we had programs much like here, Sunday night and Wednesday nights. And uh, Sunday nights, we, she said, hey, I don't care if your homework's done or not. You're going to church, and if you have to take your homework with you, well, you're taking it with you. So. And I was grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that, and I still am today. Because as we, we grew up in the church and, and what God had, do, had to do through us, man, out of us four kids, three of us are in pastoral ministry today. And my older sister is working at a Christian daycare as a teacher. So God took this family that, that the enemy wanted to grab and take hold of and say, you know what, I... It doesn't matter what, what God wants. The enemy tried to, to tear us apart, but man, God made us stronger through his faithfulness to my family and to us. And, and that's something that we could have never saw coming, nobody could have saw coming, and uh, it's God. So w- when I was in high school, I went on many mission trips, and uh, we went on spring break one, and we did all these mission trips, and it was great. And in those mission trips, I, I got to learn about God. I got to see him firsthand. I got to be able to serve people, which I love to do. But that's not all. I built relationships with my adult leaders that I still have today. I built those relationships with those adult leaders because they were faithful to show up, and they were faithful to show me and my brothers my sister what it means to be a follower of Christ as well. And you see, I, I had to, because my dad was out of the picture, so I had four guys step in my life. And they stepped up and they said, I'm not going to be your dad. I don't want to be your dad. I want to be your big brother. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to shape you. I'm going to mold you. And they did. They did. It was fantastic because they showed me how to be a man. They showed me how to be a dad. They showed me how to be a follower of Christ. But most of all, they showed me what faithfulness to God looks like. They showed me what that faithfulness looked like. So as I get out of my high school career, I move into college. I wasn't good in school. I graduated high school with a 1.67 GPA. I was pretty dumb, and my mom is laughing because she's like, man, I had to fight you to get that, and she did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love her for it, but yes, that was a struggle. So school for me was always hard, okay? So here I am, like, I feel this calling that on my life through high school that God's called me pastoral ministry. In my mind, like, I need to go get a degree. In order to work in a church, I need a degree and that's what God's calling me to. So I go to college as a, I need to do this, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Two years later, I'm failing out of community college. Failing out of community college. Now this community college was like a, you can come if you want kind of thing, you can probably still pass, but I failed out. So that kind of sets the stage a little bit on what God had to do through me and in me, okay? So failing out of community college, and yet... I had felt God's calling upon my life that he said to me years ago. And I was like, all right, God, you've called me to this, but why am I not feeling out community college? I can't be a pastor if I don't have a degree. 
And that's where God was like, just rest. So I started working full-time. Working full-time in these blue-collar jobs. And don't get me wrong, they did amazing things for me. I'm a bigger guy, and uh, I used to be a lot stronger. So I'd haul milk, I was moving a bunch of stuff, and I loved those jobs. But that's all they were to me, they were a job. I didn't have my heart in them. That's not where I felt like God was calling me, but yet I knew that I had to do it to make it by. See, I knew God's calling, but I wasn't following his calling. I wasn't following what he told me to do, okay? So a couple more years later, Brandon and I meet, we're married, and everything's going well, and uh, we got involved in another youth ministry, so we're at, in, involved at, as adult leaders in our home church, and then we got involved in another one just because my buddy was a, uh, one of my mentors was a youth pastor. So we got involved there, and it was great until he decided that God's calling him somewhere else, and God was, and he's, that church is blessed to have him, and man, God's done amazing things to that. But then it left us to now take over the youth group, which was phenomenal. It was awesome. Like, all right, God, this is my chance. We're going to do it. Let's have some fun. Let's go. And it was. It was a great experience. It was a good chance. But a new lead pastor came in and said, I want someone with a college degree. So here I am failing out community college, blaming God kind of for failing out. And yeah, I'm like, all right, God, if you call me pastoral ministry, you've put me in this role. I have, like, this is where you want me, God. But I don't have a degree, so I can't be here. I'm like, okay, God, what, what are you doing now? Why? And I start blaming God again. I start blaming God again. After that, I, I was fortunate to intern into a, in our home church under a buddy of mine, and that ended, and I felt like there was something more. So our satellite campus, I, came from, I come from a mega church, our satellite campus needed someone to lead their youth, so I got asked to do that. And in that, I was like, dude, this is it. I sat down lead pastor, we talked, and he's like, yeah, like, we want you to be here. So I was working full-time as a garbage man now, so I went from milk to a garbage man, and um, the most glorious job anybody can have, am I right? Picking up people's trash, it was great, I stunk all the time, I felt bad for my wife and kids, but, so... So I'm at this wild, it's, I'm at the satellite campus, and I'm like, all right, God, you have me here. Let's go. Let's roll. And man, it was a blast. It was so great. I got to work underneath my good buddy. We got along great. It was phenomenal. And God did some amazing things through there. He, he put me in, in a position to help start a fellowship of Christian athletes at the local high school, public high school. And then he, he set the stage for me then to coach varsity football at the high school. But then that led to being the team chaplain in a public high school which was really cool to see because I'm like, man, God, I get to proclaim your word in a public school. So while all that's happening, I'm like, God, this is where you're calling me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go. This is going to be sweet. I know what you have planned for me, Lord. I know what you got. But I got told that, you know what, we're, we're going to decide to go a different way and that you're no longer needed here as a pastor, as a director. And that hurt, that cut me deeply because I'm like, all right, God, you have me in this role. You did all these great things in the high school to pull these kids into the youth group to then proclaim your, your name and so that they can learn. But now the rug's been ripped out from underneath me. Why? Why, why, why? God, why are you doing this to me? Because, God, this is not what I had planned. When you and I talked about this, God, this isn't what you told me to do. Like, I, you told me to be a youth pastor. I'm doing that, God. Why are you pulling me out of it? 
I started working at a factory, driving tractor trailer with my, I have a class A CDL. And when I was there, um, this past March, I, uh, I had a good buddy of mine die of a sudden heart attack. Crushed me, just crushed me. I was like, okay. So I took two days off, which was okay. But my boss, I came back that following Monday to, uh, hey, you're fired. You no longer have a job here. So not only now have I just lost my job at the church, I just lost my factory job that I was working full-time at to provide for my family, and now a good buddy of mine who I considered a brother died. That killed me. That killed me. That crushed me so much, and I just said, God, I quit. I'm done. I'm done. If you want me to be in pastoral ministry, you have to work it out. I'm done trying. I'm sick of it. And I had to sit down and I just said, God, I'm trying to be faithful to you. I had a lot of time on my hands now because I'm unemployed. I'm trying to be faithful to you, God, but yet nothing's happening. Why, God? Why? You called me to these things. You, you put me in these places, but it's not working. Why? God, I'm tired. I'm done. I'm sick of it. And I just sat down and said, you know what, God? I know you've called me to ministry. I'm done trying. I will go where you call us. I'll pick up my family. I'll move overseas. I'll move across the nation. I'll move next door. I will go where you go, but God, you got to do it because I'm not doing it. You have to work it out, God. But you see, in that prayer, he had to transform my heart. In this time, he had to take my heart from focusing on my work and what I was doing full time, and he had to focus me in on what he wants for my life, his plans for my life instead of mine. And that was a hard reality to come to. Really hard reality to come to. Because I'm the type of guy that is bullheaded, and I'm just going to push my way through, and then that's all it's going to be. So in that prayer, I just said, God, I need a sign and an answer. And he gave me three words. One sentence, three words. Sell your house. God, that's a pretty, uh, pretty bold thing to say to me right now. Like, I have nothing to go on. I'm unemployed. Sell my house. I can't even get a new mortgage because I don't have a job. And uh, so I talked with Miranda about it, and we decided that we would sell the house to be faithful to him because we knew he had something planned. So we get our house ready to sell. We had the, um, the realtor come over, tells us what he thinks it's worth and everything. And we had to do some work. And because I was unemployed, I, I was doing the work in the house. And I started driving for an app called Uber. Some of you guys may have heard of it, some of you may not. It's a driving app. It's like a taxi service. And uh, so I started driving for them. It was pretty cool. And uh, while we're getting ready to sell the house, we felt God telling us to send out applications and resumes to churches again. And now I'm at this point like, God, I've done this before. Nothing's happened. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do it, but you got to work it out. We're about to sit down for dinner one night, and my phone rings, and it says, Iowa. And I laughed, because I'm like, this is probably a spam call or something like that. Like, <laughs> so I pick it up, you know, being the good guy. I, like to, I, I used to like to have fun with those people. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll talk with them, have fun. Well, I get, on the other end of the line was Pastor Russell. And uh, little did I know, it wasn't spam, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> thankfully. But man, the journey that God was about to take us on, I would have never saw coming. So Russell and I talked for a little bit, quite a long while, and uh, it was a great conversation. I left that 
conversation, walked inside, said to Miranda, like, you'll never believe what just happened. And that phone call conversation with Russ just seemed so natural. It was normal. I was like, all right, you know, that's pretty cool. The job he de- described was, like, a perfect fit for us, which was weird for me. So I said, okay, God, if this is where you're calling us, you got to work it out because there's a lot to work out. So we came up for the interview. Our house had, we came back, and our house had 36 showings and eight offers, all above asking. That's a God miracle right there because that's just God. Eight offers, all above asking, it's phenomenal. But there was a couple things still holding us to Michigan. And we hadn't accepted the job yet, but we knew that if we were going to move away, that we had to take care of a couple things. And one of those was Miranda's work. She had approached her employer two years prior and said, hey, I want to work from home. We have these foster kids, I want to work from home. And I said, no, not a chance. We'll never do business that way. So we just went on with it. Well, now we came to the point where we're like, all right, we got to start looking for jobs. If we're going to move in Iowa, we got to start looking. So we started preparing. Like, she started making up her resume, doing a lot of stuff. Well, we officially accepted the job, and she went to her work and said, hey, we're moving to Iowa um, in August. And they said, well, what are you going to do for work? And she said, I don't know. We're looking right now. And they said, pump the brakes. We're talking to the to corporate to see if we can get you to work from home. Now, they wouldn't let her work from home in Michigan, but for some ungodly reason, because it is God, she's working from home in Iowa. Now, tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't. That's just God and his, his miraculous work and his faithfulness to us. Because she's been working at this company for eight years. So for us, it was a pretty big, like, all right, she knows the ins and outs. She loves it there. It's a good fit. But there's still one, well, technically two things holding us in Michigan. And that was our boys. They were in foster care still. We are working through the adoption process. And for some of you guys in here, you know it can be a lengthy process. For us, it took us two years from adoption to, to um, or from foster care to adoption. And by the grace of God, and there's no other reason to explain it, because on August 14, 24 hours before we packed the truck to move to Iowa, our adoption was finalized. And driving out to Iowa, I was like, God, you are amazing. And 24 hours and everything had been worked out completely. Now, I'll tell you all that for you to understand that our journey here wasn't easy. Our journey isn't perfect. My childhood wasn't perfect. But God had a plan. God had a plan. And it was just me being faithful and me, being follow- and me following him and seeing what he's calling us to do. So I want to open up the Bible, because that's why we're in church, right? To learn from God's word. So let's open the word to, I want to open up to Jeremiah 29, 11. And uh, before I read that verse, 29, 11, I'm going to tell you a little backstory. So backstory is the Israelites were in exile right now. So they're in exile. And it was a punishment from God as a result of their disobedience. Okay, so God's punishing the Israelites from being disobedient. And while in exile, a false prophet comes up and says, hey, God's going to free us in two years. And Jeremiah's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's not what God told me. So Jeremiah calls his false prophet out. And, uh, and he then states Jeremiah 29, 11. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And for me, I knew I had to, I had to clean that verse, okay? But you see, that, while that sounds great, while that sounds great, that's not truly what, I guess, how we take it. So for many of us, we're like, okay, I'm going through this hard time. Well, God has a plan for me, and it's going to be for hope in the future, and it's going to be to prosper, okay? He's going to pull me out of my hardships, pull me out of my hardships. But if you, fa- if you rewind a little bit, you rewind to verse 7, and God says this, Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So here we have the Israelites who, who are in exile, who are in this area of like, they don't like it, they're, getting, they're slaves, and yet they have to pray that, that, that those people prosper. I don't know about you guys, but that would be a hard prayer for me to pray. Like this dude that like owns me, I have to pray for him to prosper. Like that, it's a little hard. But in order for that to happen, then they could be free and prosper. So for me, I couldn't do that. And that's not what the Israelites wanted to hear. The Israelites did not want to hear. They wanted to hear like, hey, you're going home. You're free. Enjoy your life. God is with you. Have fun. But they didn't hear that. And I want, to, I want to keep going now in verse 11 through 13. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then, then you will call on my name and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. For me, I had to come to that spot in my home office and say, Lord, I'm done. I give my whole heart to you once again. I give it all to you. I give my life. I give my work. I give my family. I give it all to you because, God, I'm done. I've tried it. I've been through it all. I cannot do it anymore. God, you need to work this out if you want me to get me into a church. It's you that can do it and not me. I had to learn to seek him with all my heart and to give him everything that I have and just say, Lord, my work is not my work. My work is your work. And that was a hard reality for me to come by. In that verse, it doesn't say that God's going to take away our hardships. It says that he's going to work through our hardships. And man, he had to work through my hardships. He had to work through my hardships. He had to, to use my jobs. So I, I, had to, I had to learn to say, God, my job is not my job, but it's an act of worship to you. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all need to hear that today. My job is not a job. It's an act of worship for you, God. And once I said that, that same night, while driving for Uber, I picked up a lady downtown Grand Rapids on a Friday night. Picked her up. She got in my car, trying not to be the creepy taxi driver I was. I was like, hey, how are you doing today? And she's like, good. You know, just casual conversation. And through that conversation, she started opening up about her life. And going on in her life, happened to be that she was contemplating a divorce with her husband. And I chuckled and I said, all right, God, thanks. And I just told her about my story. I said, man, this, my parents got a divorce and this is what it did to me. It, it tore me up. But God had to do that in order to get us to the place we are today. 
And through that conversation, not only did, did I get to tell her about my story, but I got to tell her about Jesus. And by the time the conversation was done, I got to her house, which was a 30-minute drive. I sat in her driveway for 30 minutes talking to her about Jesus and about the word. I had to learn that my work was an act of worship. And man, did God ordain that and God use that for the great kingdom. You see, everything that I went through as a job was a lesson. It was a lesson for me. I had to learn that every job had a little lesson to it. And looking back, I can see those little lessons. I can see how God used those. Proverbs 28.20, it says this. A faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Okay, the first part, it doesn't say a faithful person will be rich. It says richly blessed. It doesn't mean you will have wealth. It means God will bless you for kingdom-minded things. It means that he's going to work through you to build the kingdom. For me, I focus my jobs as something to get rich off of. I wanted to get that good job, make that $100,000 a year salary. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to have the nice cars, a nice house. I wanted that. But I had to learn that, you know what, like, that, well, that's all good. That all perishes. You can't take that with us when we go to heaven. And I had to learn for God's plan to take priority over mine. Colossians 3, 23. As I flip through my Bible, bear with me. It says, whatever you do, work at it as for, with all your heart as for working with the Lord and not for human masters. Work, make your work an act of worship once again. Make your, act of worship, and your work an act of worship to God. I tell you these things because I was in that rut of my plans. And some of you may be in that rut right now. It's okay to be in there. But know this, God is calling you to just stop. And to just come on at the foot of his cross and say, Jesus, I give it all to you. You take it because I cannot. I'm going to stop. I'm going to be faithful where you have me because you have called me to this place where I am now. And you use me and, and you use me, God. Let it be your work and not my own. Let me worship you through my work. Let me worship you through my work because, Lord, I'm working for you to not get rich but to bless other people, to bring more, more people to the kingdom. You see, as I get ready to close, I've told you about God's faithfulness in my family growing up. I've told you about God's faithfulness through my mom. And man, she had to be faithful because there was some stuff that I would hope that I'd never have to go through as a, as a parent. She, I, I told you about God's faithfulness to bring us here to Faith Community Church. And that journey wasn't easy. I mean, there was a lot of things like packing up a U-Haul. For those of you that helped us unpack, you know we have a lot of stuff. And that wasn't fun to pack up. But God was faithful to work everything out. And I told you about the, the faithfulness with the adoption and through my jobs and on how God had to work in those jobs. Whatever journey you are on right now with God, just trust him. Trust him, because he has something great planned for each and last one of you, like he did for us. When you trust God fully with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, 
you will see his blessings and his faithfulness poured out upon your life. He will bless you in ways that you never saw coming. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He has started a good work in all of us. And he will carry it out and he will finish it when we let him and we focus on his plan and not our own. Lamentations 3.23, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail, but they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is God's faithfulness today in this church. God's been faithful to this church for over 30 years. God's been faithful in this church to bring Pastor Russ here, to bring Pastor Niles here, to bring me here. God's been faithful in this church. So now I I charge you guys to be faithful to him this week. To just stop and to lay it down before him and say, God, I want to be faithful to you. I want to praise you. I want to give everything I have to you because, God, you are my God and I will serve you only. And don't be consumed with what the world wants to tell you. Because the world will tell you you're not enough. And you are. Because we have Jesus. We have God on our side. I see the kids are starting to line up. So I'm going to close in prayer. And we're going to continue our services. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for, for your word. For your word to come alive in our lives, God. Lord, I thank you for the good, the good works you do in all of our lives, Lord. And, and the plans you have for each and every last one of us. God, I pray that as we continue on today and this week, Lord, that we are able to see your faithfulness and your blessings upon our lives, Lord. Lord, I pray that we just continue to seek you, to know you more. And Lord, I just pray that you bless this church even more than what you have already. Lord, continue to work in us. Continue to just give us that spirit of thankfulness and of faithfulness, Lord, to you. So God, thank you for this amazing opportunity. And I thank you just for being who you are. In your son's name we pray. Amen.